Hey everyone, and welcome to High Spirits. I'm Jay Stegman, and with me as always is my best pal, Noel Schmidt. That's correct. We host a show called High Spirits in which we drink alcohol and we talk about ghosts. Uh-huh. I'm drinking it right now. Yeah, what you drinking? Um, tonight, uh, I'm doing something... Can't talk. Sorry, off to a good start. <laughs> a little different. Um, it's a kava uh, from the fine people at uh, Flama Dior. Oh, okay. It's a it's a rosé. It's a sparkling rosé. Because we're day drinking, actually. I said tonight, but let's be honest. We're day drinking. Yeah, we're and I feel like honest, if we're going to be uh, day drinking, I should be roséing. Yeah, for sure. All day. Last time we did it. That's at, what the uh, kids say. Yeah. Rosé all day? Yeah, yeah. Right? That's a thing? I think so. Yeah, last day, last time we did this up, uh, an episode, I think we did it at 3 a.m. So tonight. Switching it up. Switching no, it's up. three in the afternoon. <laughs> so Something like that. We're on the 12th. Uh, <laughs> we all know three is the witching hour, though, so we have to be correct. We have to be cognizant of that. Yes. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am drinking Half Acre Beer, uh, a beer called Tuna. Mm-hmm. Had it on the show before. You can tell I am a fan favorite. So mm-hmm. uh, Half Acre, at me. Hit me on the Insta. She's a fan. Yep. I'm a huge You've fan. You've got that gross, scaled can. Yeah, it's so good. Ugh. I was just there the other day, and they were having a barbecue. That's nice. That was really nice. At the Balmoral? At the Balmoral. Okay. Yeah, I enjoy it there so much. Yes, it's very nice. Mm-hmm. Um, excellent. So we've been away for a little bit. Yeah, we took a summer hiatus. Sorry we didn't tell you about we it. Had to, <laughs> we had to TCB. What's it, that? Taking care of business. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had to take care of business. In the summer. Um, whatever business it was, it's been taken care of. Yeah. And now we're back. We're back. So, and so we're here to delight you with uh, uh, ghostesses and the supernatural, all those good things. Mm-hmm. We want to thank you for listening as well. Um, I know <laughs> I seem to say this every episode, uh, but last month we had uh, some of the highest numbers we've ever had on the show. Thank you. Which is weird because we delivered zero content. Zero content. So thank you for telling a friend. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for telling friends of friends. Um uh, if you are a new listener, feel free to listen to these out of order, just based on what interests you. Sure. Yeah. Well, no, I think I'm just going to start. Okay. Did you want to... I, You know, I think that... Um, we've been, you and I have been spending an awful lot of time together, so I don't know. We're all out of things to say to each other. <laughs> um, and... <laughs> uh, we, uh, yeah. Well, I think we should just jump to it. We've just been away for so long. Yeah, let's, let's just talk to it. I have no idea what you're doing. I'm just gonna oh, sit back, sit back, rose all day. Yeah, my face off, and uh, let's go. Well, Noel, by the pricking of my thumbs, ah. something wicked this way comes. You know, I played one of them. Did you really? I did. Well, uh, say it along if you know it. But it's I'm just gonna read. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> read a little something, uh, and then I'm gonna segue into my topic. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn, and cauldron bubble. Filet of fenny snake in the cauldron boil and bake. Eye of newt and toe of frog, wool of bat and tongue of dog. Adder's fork and blind worm, worm sting. Oh, <laughs> Lizard's leg and howlet's wing. For a charm of powerful trouble, like a hell broth boil and bubble. Double, double, toil and trouble, fire, burn, and cauldron bubble. Cool it with a baboon's blood, then the, fo- then the charm is... Uh, firm and good. <laughs> and that is from Macbeth. Or 
as we in the theater world say, the Scottish play. The Scottish play. <laughs> but we're not in the theater, so we can say. No. It. Do you think it? Do you think it'll? Actually, I hope so. Do you think it would haunt the ghost studio if we said the Scott? If we said Macbeth? I don't. I don't. I've never bought into that, and I've said Mac. Well, actually, now that I say this, I haven't had the best luck in life. Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> that could be. Yeah. So the theory, if you're not aware, uh, the theory, the myth is that if you say the name Macbeth in a theater, bad luck will befall you. Like, you know, terrible things, such yeah. as death. So in the theater world, world, you only reference it as the Scottish play, specifically when you're in a theater, but a lot, I know a lot of actors who will not say Never it. Never even say Macbeth. It's like saying Voldemort to them. Wow. Yeah. Well, it is my favorite play, and I recently just saw it at uh, Chicago it's Shakes. quite good. Penn and Teller did it, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Pen of Penn and Teller or uh-huh. Teller of Penn and Teller? I don't know which is which. Uh, I think Penn's the tall one, the one who talks. I think the one who talks did The Illusions. Oh, yeah? It was cool. Cool. Yeah, it was my second favorite version of Macbeth that I've seen because they did a lot of very cool, like, magic-y things. Well, we saw uh, a version of Macbeth at Chicago Shakes. That probably was my favorite. It was phenomenal. Six years ago, maybe? Six. It was when Obama was being... Elect. It was right after the election because it was holy shit. That was yeah. ten years ago. Yeah, almost. It wow. was wonderful. It was amazing. Really incredible. Really stuck with me. Yeah, it was like a it was like a rated R version of Macbeth, which is the way it should be done. Yeah, because it is it a intended. dark mofo and play. Yeah. Anywho, so uh, those uh, that little uh, Shakespearean segue um, is bringing me to my point. I'm talking about witches. Yeah, you are. I am. Uh, I love witches. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you might remember me from such things as the Salem Witch Trials, which is a very popular <laughs> episode of ours. Um, so feel free to check that out. Right. I'm only going to do one tiny little thing from the Salem. Otherwise, it's going to be brand new material. Okay. Um, I just want to start off uh, this idea that um, witchcraft is the world over. It, it is from the ancient world and also... Um, I dare you to find a culture that doesn't have it or believe in it. So agreed. Uh, just a few things in Spanish. Uh, their word for which is bruja in Greek. Their word is magisa mm-hmm. in Japanese. It's majo in Swahili. It's michawi in Italian. It's strega in German. It's hexa and in Arabic. It's sahira. There you go. All right. So there's some things that you can <laughs> take with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, I always love, uh, I love the Spanish word for it, bruja. Bruja. Not to be confused with a brujaha. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Although maybe to be confused with it because a brujaha is sort of like a, a lady melee. Yeah. So probably then, yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Um, I think I told you one time I was on the uh, CTA and which is our public transportation system here in Chicago, if you're not from here, and a lot of you aren't. Um, <laughs> Come to visit anytime. We welcome visitors. We love visitors. Um, I don't think... Oh. Look at that. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. We'll keep, fix, keep doing we'll your do thing. a little fixy fix on that. Do, 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 boop, boop. Excellent. And we're back. We're back. We were okay. having a little technical difficulties. Are we having them now, though? Does that look like technical difficulties? I know. I think that's fine. Okay. I think we're good. So, uh, yeah, I was on the, um, yeah, right. I was on the CTA and this woman was speaking just excitedly into her phone, uh-huh. just nonstop. And I heard the word bruja like 10 times and I was like, 
God, if only I spoke Spanish. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to know, like, like what what was up with the witches? Ugh. What's up with the witches? In the uh, uh, um, series Ash vs. Evil Dead, which is now over sure. on Stars, but you should watch it if you're into Evil Dead stuff. It's wonderful. Um, they, uh, one of the characters is a brujo. Oh, a male? A male witch. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's all. Yeah. Well, let's go back in time. Okay. <laughs> back ooh, in time. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Yeah, good. That's our back machine. Um, so we're going to go to some early just history. Uh, witchcraft uh, was seen as a religion of ancient and traditional um, uh, traditional pagan angle. Uh, it worships uh, the female. It worships the earthly and uh, some masculine aspects of God. Uh, witchcraft has probably existed since humans first banded together. In fact, there are cave drawings. You know the cave drawings? The famous cave drawings? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have witches painted in there. Like the pointy hat witches? No, those faces? No, those came later. <laughs> I actually won't even talk about those. Those are like so uh, 20th century. I just wish... That that that, that was like a, that, that, yeah. like Egyptian cave drawings or like the, not that Mesopotamian the ones from France yeah. the the French cave the, the oldest ones are the oh French I see caves. okay yeah but yeah, yeah it actually like, like a pointed hat on a on a broom it's awesome no I mean all all that weird pop culture shit came in so much later um, but yeah there's cave drawings of them. Uh, Prehistoric art depicts magical rites uh, of um, witches that uh, they draw to ensure successful hunting. And um, they also depict uh, witches dancing uh, in animal costumes, which is actually something that'll come up later. Because that, that, we don't do that. We don't have that anymore. But a lot of... The, it's a very a, pagan thing. A lot of peeps had that with their ancient witches. Yeah. So, here we go. Um. The witches of ancient Sumeria and Babylonia invented an elaborate demonology. Uh, so all of you who are interested in demons or, 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 or all, the, all the ancient demons, uh-huh. you might be because of the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm, a little bit. Um, yeah, that actually, that sort of um, hierarchical uh, demonology was invented by <laughs> Sumerian witches. Interesting. Huh. Yeah, they had to believe that the world was full of spirits and that most of these spirits were hostile. Uh, each person was supposed to have their own spirit, which would protect them from demons and enemies, which could um, which could only be fought using the magic of, uh, let's say, an amulet or incantations or exorcisms. Uh, witches in ancient Egypt purportedly used their wisdom and knowledge um, of these things. I'm going to call them things. In, in New Orleans, you call them Grigri. Uh, G-R-I-S. Yep. Yep. We talked about that in the Marie Laveau. Mm-hmm. But um, these spells, formulas, figurines, dolls. Um, anyway, they use their knowledge of this Grigri to uh, bend the cosmic powers to their purpose. Oh. Yeah. So these little, like, artifacts had a lot of power. Okay. Yeah. So they were... Still do. I mean, people still do that with, like, totems and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, I was just so. going to say it's like a totem. For sure. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And the amulet, things like, like, just... Yeah, absolutely. Like okay. putting a prayer in an amulet or writing a prayer in a piece. Not a, a prayer is the wrong thing, but let's say. Right. Uh, writing like a, a an objective or a prayer on a piece of paper and then setting mm-hmm. it on fire and then taking those ashes and putting it in an amulet will give yep. you power kind of stuff. Yep. Um, 
I'm not saying it doesn't. <laughs> I'm just saying interesting. Try it out. I'm not. I'm not giving anything away with this. Um, but there, in, in an interesting thing I witnessed recently on the show Preacher, which is based on a comic book, um, and there's a lot of supernatural stuff in the show. But um, there is a woman who does voodoo and witchcraft hmm. craft type work, and she actually took. Um, fingernail clippings of hair. Oh, sure, yes. Mm -hmm. um, she took the, she scraped off some the bottom of uh, the woman's foot. Yeah. Like a bunch of different things. Ground it up all together and then uh, drank it. Sure. It was really gross to watch, but kind of a similar. Was that for a glamour spell or? No, it was a bring back to life spell. Oh, yeah. okay. You would maybe like that show. It probably is a little more violent than you like things. Okay. But it's I love it. Very cool. Mm -hmm. By the way, when I reference gra uh, glamour, I'm not talking about like uh, becoming glamorous. I'm, I'm talking about um, in witchcraft. There is uh, this idea uh, dependent on the spell that you could uh, uh, take on the visage of somebody else. So if I did a glamour spell, I could look like Noel, therefore convince people I'm Noel even though I'm not. So that's why I meant by, was it a glamour? Yeah. Sometimes I get a little shorthand on the witchcraft. <laughs> well, and I don't know. And by the way, you please uh, promise to stop me if I get shorthanded. If you're like, tell the people more I, than they need to. I, I will. And I, I'm sorry that I didn't catch that. Um, oh no, that's okay. And, and to be honest, it might, it might be that mm -hmm. um, because we're still in that storyline. So I could be wrong. Okay. Well, it could also be too. Uh, yeah. Raised dead, but I'd be surprised that they was the was the woman that she did that to uh, dead. Mm -hmm. Oh well, then it's probably like a yeah. I think it was part of the ritual. necromancy. Yeah, necromancy <laughs> for those of you who don't know, <laughs> it's raising the dead uh, and controlling the body to do your will. There's also a fun Danish psychobilly band called Necromantics. Oh, I love them. Yeah, I would not care for them. I don't think. Yeah, you might like them. They're kind of fun. Probably not. Heavy on the bass. Mm, okay. Um, before I move on to, um, which is proper, even though we're, I mean, we're there, but, um, I want to talk about, uh, oracles. I think it's important. Like in the never ending story, story oracles. Not sure of that reference. You've seen that movie. I have seen that movie, but it's a long time. It's been probably since it came out and I was maybe like, I don't know how old I was. I've seen that movie. So it's been a very long time, but I've I just seen it remember so Atreyu getting sucked down into, uh, isn't that the horse? Uh, the horse getting sucked into the quicksand. Yeah. We actually just had a conversation, uh, some coworkers and I about how like when we were kids, quicksand was a much more or larger threat than it ever turned out. Yeah, to be. I agree. It was it was like in all the cartoons, and it was like in uh, the Princess Bride, and yeah, and yeah. Then, I, I was in constant really fear of quicksand. Not really a thing. I guess we don't have it in Illinois. Nope. So it was. Uh, they did. It was featured on this last season of Archer, but they were in the jungle. Huh. Yeah, I suppose it's a jungle threat. <laughs> well, let me let me talk about though. Um, uh, oracles. So. In the ancient world, um, there was a, a deep and long tradition of um, soothsaying, um, which is basically telling the future. Yep. And so there are many ways to do this. One was augury, which is basically like the following of bird formations and also catching a bird and cutting it open and looking at its guts to tell the future, that kind of thing. But oracles had a very special place in uh, Greek and Roman life. Um, very powerful um, statesmen's 
statesmen's statesmen would go to them and, and, and very powerful people would, would seek them out. So I want to talk about the most famous oracle of all. Um, and if you choose, and you probably should choose to believe an oracle is, is some sort of version of witchcraft mm-hmm. and prophecy. Okay. So uh, dating back to 1400 BC, the Oracle of Delphi was uh, the most important shrine in all of Greece. It was built around a sacred spring and Delphi was considered to be the center. Um, it actually, they considered it to be the belly button of the world. Uh-huh. Um, people came from all over um, to have questions about their future answered by, um, I want to say it's Pythia. P-Y-T-H-I-A. Um, sure. But I've heard people say Pythia, but I don't know who's right. I've heard I've heard Pythia before, but I... Should I go with Pythia? I mean, it's Greek? Yeah. Hippolyta, I mean, what, is that a Y, H-Y? It's P-Y-T-H-I-A. No, I'm just thinking of, like, other Greek oh, names. I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, let's go with Pythia for now, and okay. I'm sorry if I'm wrong about it. Email me. <laughs> anyway, um, she was the uh, priestess of Apollo. Um, one of the things about oracles that were interesting, and so she wasn't the only one, but she was, she was very famous, and then there was a legacy behind her. But um, <clears throat> her answers were usually cryptic, um, which means you had to do some of the harder work yourself. <laughs> so you would often ask a very specific question and get some, some semblance of a riddle back or something that you would have to parse through to sort of get to the right answer. So right. it was um, more of a mystical response. So, and that's, and correct me if I'm sure. wrong on this. Um, this has always been my interpretation is that oracles are more mystical and they have more like supernatural powers yes. where witches, it's more of like an acquired skill. Both. Okay. In the ancient world, most of it was, well, and I actually think in the modern world, uh, and I'm talking about practical magic. I'm not talking about uh, a, a different, I'm talking about, Practical witchcraft, I'm not talking about, uh, you know, lighting candles in a room and saying you're Wiccan. Nothing wrong with it, but I'm talking about actual magic. Right. That, uh, you know, that whole thing of like, uh, if your mother was a witch, you were probably a witch and they were probably, so it runs on the maternal side. Yeah. And so it's just like male pattern baldness. Yes. Yes. And colorblindness. Yes. (laughs) So it's a, um. Uh, maternalistic pass down. And I think what that it is, uh, let's say if you, if maybe it's Maybelline, right? Like maybe you're born with it. Maybe it's right. Maybelline, right? right? So you're born with it, but then you have to hone your skills. Got it. Right. Which is interesting. Cause it's kind of like, I didn't even think about this at all, but now that we're on the topic, it's kind of like the Harry Potter world, like the difference between muggles or half muggles mm-hmm. or like, um, uh, yeah, there's like the the those that are born into the magic world that don't have it. Yeah, like there's like a uh, there's word. a word for it. Yeah, and then there's something like, I can't remember what her bounty has like a she's full muggle but she's magical. Right, it's strange. But anyway, I never even thought about. Hey, Joe Rowling, thanks for listening. That's what I call her, Joe. Well, her it's J K, but it's Joanna. Joanna. Yeah, or Joanne. JoJo, as I like to call. I her. like to call her Joe. Okay. We email. Hi, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for all your tweets. Anyway, um, so the uh, Oracle at Delphi um, uh, saw anybody from um, farmers to emperors and could uh, determine uh, or at least give advice on whether the empire would declare war. Okay. Now, um, 
the Oracle of Delphi was uh, officially shut down. It came to an end uh, at the end of the fourth century um, when a newly Christian Rome decided that uh, prophecy was uh, wrong and satanic. Sounds right. That sounds about right. We're going to talk about Christianity a little bit. You coming said up end of the 10th century? Uh, no, end of the 4th century. Okay. Oh, so in the, three, more sense, in the 380s. Yeah, because that's when like the Nicene created like, all yeah. the... Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, so Rome became um, Christian and decided, no more oracles, y'all. Um, Bummer. Yeah, so the most important oracles of Greek antiquity were Pythia, uh, Priestess to Apollo, and uh, the oracle of uh, Dion and Zeus at Dodona in Epirus. I want to talk about, I want to just want to give some shout outs to some other Greek oracles that were really famous. <laughs> Yo, email me. Shout um, out. <laughs> but there was a, uh, another temple um, of Apollo located at uh, Didyma on the coast of Anatola at Corinth. Um, and there uh, at the islands of Delos and Aegina and the Aegean Sea, there was the Sibylline Oracles, uh, who are a collection of, uh, with, uh, sorry, the Sibylline Oracles were a collection of oracle utterances written in Greek hexameters ascribed to Sibylis, Sibyls? Prophetess who uttered divine revelations in uh, frenzied states. So there's also a long tradition of that, this idea of uh, we have it in spiritualism, we have it oftentimes, and even nuns from later on that we can talk about, but mm-hmm. um, where people would go, whirling dervishes, people would go basically into like a uh, hysterical state, and while they're in a state, uh, declare prophecy. Oracles can be found everywhere. I honestly had to stop doing research because it got a little long in the tooth. But uh, they're in ancient China. They're in um, ancient India, and they show up in Hinduism. Um, they're found in Tibetan uh, Buddhism, Mayan culture, Nigeria, modern-day Nigeria, um, Hawaii, and they're found all over Norse mythology. Yep. So um, oracles are sort of a precursor to what we would think of like modern-day witchcraft. Modern day witchcraft, actually, uh, we can think of coming straight from the uh, Druids. Okay. So, um, many people see Druids as the closest thing to what we would now know. Um, somewhere between 700 BC and 100 AD in Northern Europe, um, it, this pantheistic religion sort of, uh, evolved. Uh, it it was especially popular in the British Isles, especially popular in, uh, um, Scotland and Ireland. Yep. Um, they believed, so the Druids believed in reincarnation and that after death, they went to the Summerland for rest and renewal while, while awaiting rebirth. The religious beliefs and practices of the Celts, um, their love of the land and their veneration of trees grew into what later became known as what we consider to be paganism. Also, next time you pass an oak tree, give it a shout out. What up, oak tree? What up, oak tree? That was the Celts' favorite tree. Really? Yeah. Many of their spirits uh, lived in oak trees. <laughs> well, they're big, like, solid, cozy yeah. trees. Big old trees. Yeah. Oftentimes, too, and I think I'll do this in another episode because we don't have time to get into it, but um, you guys are probably familiar with the concept of um, simulacra, but I will talk about it super quick. Um, simulacra is the phenomenon of looking at, um, let's say, something in nature, like a tree or a rock formation or uh, a mountainside and thinking that it looks like a human. Mm-hmm. So a lot of oak trees, take a, take a look whenever you pass an oak tree, oftentimes sort of look like they have human faces. Mm-hmm. 
So there's a lot of actually mythos around the idea of, um, like, somebody did something and a, and, a, and, a, and a witch saw them and turned them into that tree. Oh, okay. So, like, oftentimes those trees are people. Yeah. Same thing with, like, uh, rock formations that almost look exactly human. People are like, oh, so it's like, right. something happened there. They were cast a spell and they've been... It's like in Troll 2. Oh, my God, your references, dude. When... <laughs> One of the guys is captured, and he's turning. They turn him into a plant. Oh, troll too. Okay. Is that <laughs> supposed to be really terrible? It's a pretty gross scene. Um, yeah, it's awful and wonderful. Was there no troll one? I, there is, but oh. troll two is like super campy and. Oh, okay. Uh, it's it's got a pretty sizable cult following. Yeah, I saw, I saw a documentary about the cult. I've never seen yeah. that. I saw it at a, was it either at the music box or at the Cordage Theater? Probably at the music box they were showing it. This yeah. was like 12 years ago. Both both theaters have a tendency to show. Yeah. Kind of crappy movies. And uh, quality <laughs> movies, I would I would say. Oh, sure. But yeah, when I was there, it was jam-packed with yeah. people. I couldn't believe how many people were there for it. Um, I can't. <laughs> I was proud. I was like, here you are, my people. Yeah. Hello. Um, anyway, just back to the druids real fast. Um, uh, basically the, the thought process, the historical thought process of this is that, um, this was a combo platter of all the practices, um, that came prior. And so they sort of just solidified, (laughs) um, the rituals, um, such as concocting poison. Potions, hello. Potions, <laughs> ointments, Potions. Um, casting spells, and performing works of magic. So, um, we also have some um, uh, herstory. Just kidding. His- oh, we're going there. No, we're not. We're actually going to mercery. Mercery. <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about the Bible really fast, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into some, you know, stuff. But uh, in the Bible, the book of... Uh, the book of Samuel, uh, first book, which was thought to be written between 931 BC and 721 BC. Um, in it, it tells the story of King Saul who sought the witch of Endor, uh, to summon the dead prophet Samuel's spirit to help him defeat the Philistine army. Does this sound familiar? I know it well. Yes. So <laughs> our, yeah, look at the Bible. We have witches in the Bible. Um, <laughs> the rich, the rich, the witch roused Samuel who then prophesied, the death of Saul and his sons. Well, the next day, according to the Bible, Saul's son died in battle and Saul committed suicide. So that is, uh, in, uh, Samuel, the, yep. the first book. The book. Um, and so <laughs> a lot of times when people take a, take a look at that, they are like, yo, witchcraft dark, be bad. Dark shit. Be bad. Yeah. yeah. He went to go see the witch vendor and then like, just like that, job and life eyes. Isn't Endor also a place in Lord of the Rings? No, I think, uh, don't no, the Ewoks Star live Wars, on Endor? Star Wars, is, that's where Endor is. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I oh, have man. no idea why I would Pretty be upset there. with myself for missing that. I'm literally surprised that I even have that reference inside of me. I think it's great that you corrected me on it. <laughs> I have no idea. And, and I could be wrong. Um, no, that's definitely, I don't know if it's where the Ewoks live, but it's definitely Star Wars. Um, anywho's all. Uh, there are other Old Testament verses. Um, I'm just going to do one. Uh, this Old Testament condemns witches. Exodus uh, 22, 
18, which says, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. <laughs> yes. Additional Bible verses, uh, caution against divination, chanting, or using witches to contact the dead, which is that necromancy thing that we were talking about. Alrighty. Well, I just wanted to talk about the Bible just so we know that like Christians are pretty well versed on uh, their witches. Here we go. Here's where the shit gets real. I'm ready. Let's talk about Christianity. I think I've mentioned this on the show. Where there, wherein there is zealot Christianity, there is bound to be violence, torture, and terror. No, no, no. That's not very Christian-like, Jay. Wh- what? What would Jesus do? Uh, he would murder a witch. He'd probably flip over some tables and. <laughs> no, he would. He would find a woman and set her on fire. He'd murder a bitch. All right, let's go. <laughs> according to, according to modern Christianity. <laughs> What would Jesus do? The answer is kill a witch. <laughs> um, in 1000 AD, the practice of witchcraft and witches invoked the wrath of Christianity. Witches were considered evil. Um, they were thought to make pacts and be brides of the devil. It was believed that witches engaged in practices such as flying, invisibility, killing, taming black wolves and black cats to spy on people. This is That's the dream, man. Right? Pope Gregory the Ninth, you might remember him, Pope G. Pope G the Ninth. Pope G G number nine. Well, Pope G number nine was a fucking dick. Um, (laughs) Sorry about it. Um, (laughs) He began an inquisition um, just after uh, the turn of the century in uh, 1200. Uh, This inquisition was created to discover witches and heretics who were believed to be evil. Um, so that did not go well for the, for the witches. <laughs> um, given another, uh, 298 years though, and man, things got real rough in, uh, Europe for witches. Yeah. So, um, uh, Pope G the nine had already, um, set this forth. So they, 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 the witches were being killed, uh, let's say, sporadically (laughs) i mean a lot but not not to this point so um it was in 1498 where pope innocent the eighth oh pope innocent what an ironic name here's the thing you get to pick your name when you're pope oh yeah that dude picked that name oh yeah innocent of of not not murdering witches (laughs) nothing innocent of nothing so anyway pope innocent the uh eighth um put out a decree, um, people, and and basically did a witch purge. Okay. The old witch purge. Which is actually where the movie The Purge got its idea. Oh, really? Which, no. Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Literally, I don't know half the things you talk about. (laughs) (laughs) Our only commonality are supernatural things and booze. (laughs) You should hang, you guys should hang out with us sometimes. It's a lot of just talking at each other. Yeah, that's true. Um, people at this time, uh, who were suspected as witches were burned at the stake. Um, those who pled their innocence, uh, were stoned to death, uh, and sometimes thrown in water to prove their innocence. So nothing like killing a witch to prove that she's not a witch. It's, it's just so, every time I hear this stuff, it never, it doesn't get old and it doesn't get tiresome. It just gets exhausting to think of what we as human beings do to other human beings. Yeah, we're not nice. Um, like, all right. that's so painful. Think about, like, those large stones just oh, yeah. being whipped at you. I remember oh, when you were, oh, oh, yeah, but when we talked about Giles Corey of the 
Salem witch trials, and you were like, he was what? Yeah. So um, it's it's, it's not going to come up. Well, I'll, I'll say it because I'm talking about it in this episode, but it wasn't going to come up. They would literally place stones on top of a human being stone on top yeah. of stone on top of stone on top of stone on yeah. top of stone until somebody was like crushed to death it's incredibly fucked up so slow it's so painful it's so cruel it's and the whole cruel. time having them like try to recant their witches while their bones are being crushed they're inter they're bleeding internally even if that's even if those stones came off of you you're still gonna die it makes me sick it's disgusting it just makes me sick so i need to mention something uh there are two major books of the 1400s because um, in 1451, Gutenberg invented the printing press. Good old Steve Gutenberg. Nope, that isn't correct. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is fascinating. Um, I, I, I think um, that, well, the, the biggest book of all time still, but the biggest book of the time uh, was the Bible. Yes. So the book they Still, went number one bestseller. Yep. Number one bestseller. Mm-hmm. The book that was printed uh, the most was uh, uh, the Bible, uh, which was interesting because that meant common people, common-ish, right, uh, could get their hands on it and read it for themselves, mm-hmm. which was pretty tough for the church because it actually caused the Protestant Refor- Reformation of 1517. Right. It didn't cause it, but now that people could read the Bible themselves, they they had some ideas. This is a legitimate question that I'm asking you. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, at this point, there wasn't, like, a version of the Bible. It wasn't, like, King James or... No, that whatever. came later. Yeah, the King okay. James is the Anglican version of the Bible. Right. So, um, I... Yeah, so it was, it was, it was this, like, the standard... The standard Bible. Bible. <laughs> yeah. Now. Just the Bible. <laughs> so, what an interesting time in Germany. <laughs> Because the number one bestseller, of course, is the Bible, and now everyone can read it. And the second bestseller was the Malleus Maleficarum. This is uh, a book um, about witches. All right. Yeah. So the publication of the Malleus Maleficarum uh, was written by two well-respected German Dominicans in 1486. This book was so popular, it basically went what we would consider to be viral. <laughs> like, Holmes owned a Bible now, and this book about witches. Germans were so complex. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, so, the book was known as The Hammer of Witches, and it was essentially a guide on how to identify, hunt, and interrogate witches. Uh, the Malleus Maleficarum. <laughs> Why are you laughing? God, it's so dumb. <laughs> yeah, no, I, they, but like people were fucking cray for it. Witch hunting. Yeah. Oh no, no, they went nuts. Um, the Malleus Maleficarum uh, labeled witchcraft as heresy and quickly became the authority for Protestants and Catholics trying to flush out witches living among them. For more than 100 years, the book sold more copies than any other book in Europe besides the Bible. It's a literal witch hunt. This is the witch hunt. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I, I won't. Sorry, that was totally yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, This led to the hysteria about witches at this time, which was unprecedented in terms of witch hunting and murder. Um, this tells you how boring things were then. I mean, yeah. Uh, this or what they did for how fun. violent and awful humans are. That as well. Um, Thank God somebody finally, like, invented roller skates so people could get yeah, a right. roller rink. 
Um, that solved everything. <laughs> <laughs> We're just going to hang out at the roller rink on Friday night. Uh, within a century of this time, uh, witch hunts were common, and most of the accused were being executed by burning at the stake or hanging. So between the years of 1500 and 1660. So remember, the Malleus Maleficarum came out in 1486. Um, really caught on. Boy, that was a good book. Uh, between 160 years, so between 1500 and 1660, 80,000 suspected witches were put to death in Europe. You want to think about that That's for a second? That's four zeros. 80,000. When was this? Between 1500 and 1660. Oh my god. Yeah. 80,000? 80, 80,000. Is there an age range? Because I'm assuming that there were like children... As well, uh, you know girls. what? I didn't. I didn't look that up. Uh, Sorry, I, but I'm assuming that it ranged. From... I do know this. I don't know any age range, but I, but people didn't live very long, and so I imagine it's women between like period age. So I would say probably between like thirteenth and thirteen and thirty. Yeah. Uh, just because of the the, I mean, fifteen hundred to sixteen sixty, people weren't living very long, and, and and if they did, if they did live to be over fifty, they were clearly a witch. Probably. And, yeah. and and stoned to death. I do know this. Uh, 80% of those 80,000 who were murdered uh, were women. And actual witches. No. <laughs> 80,000. 80,000. I mean, that's probably like... And a lot of this seven- was... By the way, a lot of this was slut-shaming. Um, I oh. did so many things. Like, honestly, it's like um, women filled with lust. Women... Um, married to the devil, women, sexual, it, it had, had a lot to do, had a lot to do with like um, herbalism and um, home remedies and midwifery and, and other, some, some things that maybe had the appearance of magic. Um, but a lot of had to do with slut shaming. It's a really good way to, uh, if someone committed adultery or if she was the pretty girl in town and every guy was turning their head or whatever it was, right. um, she would be uh, Jesus. suspected to be a witch. I mean, that's such a large portion of that population at the time. It's huge. That's... Ugh. It's murder on a grand scale. Germany, get it together. Oh, no, that's not just Germany, though. Oh, I thought it was Germany. I mean, it starts in Germany with the publication of this book. Oh. The Malleus Maleficarum. This is Europe. But then, it, yeah, it, this is... This, these are the numbers of death uh, in, I believe, Western Europe. I okay, Germany... Say. By the way, we're still pals. Yeah. We're cool. I just... You know, there's stuff. That said, though, now that, I, now that I defended them, Germany had the highest witchcraft execution rate. Uh, Ireland had the lowest. All right. Okay. Which is interesting because I think it had to go back to that uh, sort of druid background. Yeah. This sense of like, meh, I mean, you know, we have witches. Right. Um, the Irish were, and, and, you know, many still are, the Irish were very... Uh, Superstitious? Yeah. I mean, I don't even want to use the word superstitious because there's a negative connotation. Right. But they are, they are very open. I mean, even going back to Samhain, which yes. is the, uh, Sam Hain. Sam Hain. Um, and, and their relationship, relationship with fairies and. Right. And all of that stuff. Uh, very, very, the Druidic legacy gave them a lot to, um, Gave, yeah. them a, gave them a lot of, uh, let's, let's, instead of superstition, let's call it openness. Okay. Um, but, but I'm with you. I, I would have called it superstition. Yeah, terrorist. no, I was trying to think of a better way of saying it, and then I, I didn't. Nah. We all, it, it happens. Now I'm just going to talk about uh, some famous witches, y'all. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, like, uh, just remember, 80,000 80, people. 80,000? 80% of them women uh, in a 160-year period for absolutely no fucking reason. Oh. Murdered. So many people. And not nicely. I mean, so I don't know what constitutes a nice murder, but like, Jesus Christ, the shit these people went through. Um, all right, so here's some famous witches. We're going to talk about Hecate. H-E-C-A-T-E. Hecate? Hecate, is that what you call it? Hecate. Hecate is how it, that's it. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Hecate, Hecate sounds too much like Tecate. Tecate, yeah. It's Hecate. Is it? Yeah. Okay. I'm pretty sure. I'm, I mean, it, it could be wrong. But I don't know. I'm just reading it. Hecate. <laughs> uh, appears in literature around 700 B.C., um, she was the goddess of wilderness and childbirth among early Greek and Egyptian civilizations. Um, she uh, achieved her connotations as goddess of sorcery and her role as queen of ghosts in Ptolemaic Alexandria. Um, I'm going to keep saying Hecate just because. Sure. Just because I'm in, I'm, I'm in it to my knees, whatever. You do you. And if I'm fucking wrong, I'm fucking wrong. I don't care. Um, she's described as a great goddess and a mighty helper of uh, and protector of human beings. Um, she is often represented in ancient times as having three faces or three heads, sometimes animal heads. Mm. She uh, often is depicted as having three bodies mm-hmm. to, demote, to denote the triplicacy of her character. And so the triplicacy of her character would be birth, love, and death, maiden, mother, crone, moon, earth, underworld. Okay. Yeah. Um, she is often attributed um, with a great knowledge of herbology, um, and uh, she's also attributed with uh, poison and hallucinogenics, including belladonna, hemlock, mandrake, and opium. All right. Uh, many of Hecate's sacred plants uh, were those that can be used shamanistically to achieve varying states of consciousness. So there you go. Uh, black dogs were uh, often sacrificed to her in purification rituals. Sorry, black dogs. Um, here's the weird thing, though. I think they were trying to give her a mate or something. I don't know. Um, because she was believed to manifest her, herself as a dog. And... The sound of a barking dog was often the first sign that she was on the approach. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, it was asserted in the Malleus Maleficarum, which is what we have been talking about, yep. that book that was <laughs> published in 1486, that Hecate was revered by witches, which is basically like, like, like their Beyonce. Yeah. Um, and they <laughs> adopted, <laughs> yeah, they adopted parts of her mythos in their uh, modern sorcery. I love that you were able to bring Beyonce to this episode. Listen, I can always bring I bring Beyonce pretty much anywhere I go. Um, yeah. In modern times, Hecate has become the prevalent figure in uh, neo-pagan religions. Um, so that's her. Let's talk about Baba Yaga. Baba Yaga. Baba Ganoush. <laughs> in uh, Slavic folklore, Baba Yaga is a supernatural being. Um, sometimes one Sometimes it's a trio of sisters that are all called the same name. Okay. Trio. Uh, they come in threes. Yeah. So here's the deal. Um, whether it's Christianity with the Trinity or whether the three is just a, in numerology and symbiology, it, it's just going to rear its head all the time. Mm-hmm. So you'll often have one witch, but she somehow has a triplicity to her or she has some sort of Trinity to her mm-hmm. or she's seen as one person, but she's really three people. 
Long story short, Baba Yaga, one person, sometimes seen as three sisters. I'd also like to point this out. Yeah. That we come from threes as well. Siblings of three. Oh, yeah. Dun, dun, dun. Bum, bum, bum. That's but, all. Yeah. You're the oldest. I'm the youngest. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can't you tell the difference in maturity? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Baba Yaga appears as a deformed or ferocious looking woman. She flies around in a mortar. She wields a pestle, and she tell, she dwells deep in a, a in the forest in a hut. What's a pestle? It's like a um, uh, you know the the pestle and mortar of medicine. So the oh the mortar is like um where you put the right herb like and then the, the pestle is the thing that like mashes it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. apparently she flies around in the dish and she wields the pestle. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I mean I guess it's practical for when she lands. Yeah. <laughs> She gets to do her she job right away. She just whips up her, her concoction. Yeah. We listen to her hut, though, dude. <laughs> it's deep in the forest, and it's described as standing on chicken legs. <laughs> <laughs> so it can run away whenever it needs I to. I guess. I don't know. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually seen something. Uh, maybe I've read something on her before. Like, I've seen a rendering or something. She's, she's yeah. very, very, very famous. Yeah. Um, I actually started to write down a whole bunch of her, little anecdotes about her, but I wanted to get through more witches. Yeah. I probably could. And here's the thing. We do this a lot. When I, when I do something as an overview, I think to myself after I've done the overview, like, Oh, that could have just been one episode. Yeah. So if you're interested in Baba Yaga, uh, it's B A B A space Y A G A. Look her up. She's fascinating. Mm -hmm. We could always do. Yeah. A side. Yeah. We could do a sidebar too. Um, Baba Yaga may help or hinder those, uh, who seek her. Um, and she may play a maternal role to them. She has associations with all the wildlife in the forest. Okay. So be careful. They are friends of hers and they, that's either good for you or, um, that shit's going to fuck you up. It's like the Christmas critters in uh, South Park. Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I was like, you know, this one. Um, Baba Yaga is a many faceted figure capable of inspiring, uh, people to see her, as cloud, moon, death, winter, snake, bird, pelican, and earth goddess. She takes on a lot of different Winter, looks. eh? Winter. Like an entire season. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I guess she takes on um, cloud, moon, death, and winter. So what I'm going to take from that is um, a cloud is obfuscating. And so mm-hmm. it uh, hides what's right behind. Mm-hmm. Um, the moon is let's say it's at night and so it's it's shadowy so that you would see the moon but you might see a, a shadow cast so you might not get the right picture right death depending on what you believe about death death is also an obscure thought where do mm-hmm. we go what happens then and then winter very uh aligned with death in terms of um uh, this is a, this is a hard and terrible time and yet right after winter there's a rebirth so i think that's why I think that's all. It's all a metaphor. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about Morgan Le Fay. Or I want, I'm sorry. Yeah. Or I wonder if it's more like she can, uh, I think you're right with the metaphor, but I'm also wondering if there's something to her just like, um, creating the illusion of winter or like, Oh, sure. It's the same thing with like the moon and cloud yeah. too. Um, I would imagine she's a terrific illusionist. Yeah. I mean, that's part of it. Right. For sure. 
Um, Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, because she is depicted as being, like, disgustingly ugly. But mm-hmm. in many of the stories that I read, which a lot of these quote-unquote witches have the abil- ability to do, they can glamour themselves. Mm-hmm. And so, simultaneously, you'll hear Baba Yaga is deformed and haggish. And then another story will say that she's a great beauty. Right, right. So I think it just depends on her... That was the Bloody Mary story, too. Yeah. Same the thing. modus operandi of uh, seduction. Right. Morgan Le Fay, famous. Mm-hmm. Um, she is a part of the King Arthur myth. Yes. So um, she was depicted as the evil nemesis to King Arthur of Camelot. I didn't know this. I don't... And I, I, I don't... I've seen the musical, <laughs> like, a lot. You're comparing this to Camelot? Well... Camelot! Yeah. <laughs> By the way, I love the King Arthur story, hate Camelot. Are you... Oh, so you probably know more about this than I do. Maybe I just not. know it. I don't know. We'll see. Well, obviously, this didn't make its way into the musical. <laughs> for, for reasons that will make itself quite clear. I was like, what the... What? Um, Morgan Le Fay was said to be King Arthur's half-sister, and... She uh, bore him a son. Yeah. I did not know that it's at all. It's fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, the whole, I mean, that whole story is, like, goes so much deeper than, like, what people really know. Like, mm-hmm. what we see in, like, the... the ring, ring never falls who left his son down. <laughs> there's that. And then there's, like, the Heath That's Ledger part of the movie, rules of Camelot. Yeah. And the Sean Connery movie. Like, there's so much to, like, the whole King Arthur legend. It's it's really fascinating. Yeah. So. I didn't know he was uh, yeah. get, getting busy with his half-sister. Oh, yeah. Like, that guy was definitely fooling around with whoever he could. Uh, Morgan Le Fay is famous because of a direct association with the Isle of Avalon and with England's ancient pagans, the Druids. Much of Le Fay's stories denounce her allegiance to her brother and her people, making her into an evil, vengeful witch who wants nothing more than to destroy and or rule her brother's kingdom of Camelot. This is also... a. Uh, uh, Reminiscent of uh, Norse mythology too. With, yeah. Um, why can't I think of his name? What? Who's the king? Um, Odin. Odin and his daughter, who, Thor's sister. I have forgotten her name. I yeah. forgot her name. It's like Hexa. It's actually, I think it's something like that. Oh, you know what? I think it is. I think it is. It's a very similar story. Yeah. Except they don't do it. Maybe. Odin did it with a lot of people. Yeah, I don't think... And, like, Zeus did not matter. It didn't necessarily matter if they were members of his family. No, 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 no. Not at all. Oh, you guys... all over the place. Yeah, ancient cultures had a lot of... Listen, there are only so many people, you guys. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Oh, man. Go ahead, read that story of Sodom and Gomorrah again. That'll... Turn you into salt. Yeah. (laughs) You'll be like, what? That's a a biblical reference. Yeah, why'd you do do it with your daughter, sir? Because there are only so many people here. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's talk about Alice uh, Alice Kittler. She's from Ireland. Okay. Alice Kittler. Uh, she was the first. This is actually. Uh, so Morgan Le Fay. Uh, may, she's part of a mythos. Maybe. Uh, we don't know. We don't know. But this is a real person. Alice Kittler was the first recorded woman condemned for witchcraft in Ireland. She lived from the late. Uh, 1200s to the early 1300s. Keeler was married four times, which already marked her as a quote-unquote unusual woman. Dang. Yeah. She's so progressive. Uh-huh. After her fourth husband died, uh, 
her children, uh, I'm sorry, his children from a previous marriage, uh, accused her of using poison and sorcery. Was, was she widowed four times? Yes. Like she didn't divorce. No. Then. No, I don't think there was. So I think that's grounds I mean, for suspicion. I don't know. I'd see the forensic files on that. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> like, just like Belle Gunnis. Yeah. Um, she was accused of myriad other depraved acts, such as animal sacrifice, worshiping Satan, and using her powers to manipulate and control Christians. <laughs> so maybe she poisoned a husband or two, but I think they went a little too far. <laughs> I'm sorry. That's incredible. Church. What the, power? Yeah, I know. It's like she murdered a man. I know. <laughs> She's manipulating and controlling Christians. Um, one of her servants, uh, Pratinella de Myth was tortured by church authorities and she confessed. So because she was being tortured, she confessed to the witchcraft of her employer who was Kittler. Okay. Alice Kittler had never confessed to Dick, but they uh, uh, pursued her because this confession from her maid um, was good enough for them. You know, the confession of a tortured maid. Yes. <laughs> Is your employer a witch? Hey, by the way, if you employ uh, a maid or let's say a cleaning lady, be nice to her. Because she's going to get tortured and remember the time that you like kind of right. were a dick. Right. She's also making your bed, washing your clothes, yeah, making dude. your food. You don't know what she could do when you're not around. Right. They're like, That's Is your boss a witch? Yeah. Totally. <laughs> like, for sure, too. Total is. witch. Um, actually, Alice Kittler. Um, did not get murdered. She fled. Good. I mean, she's a, probably a husband murderer. Maybe. But, but they probably deserved it. Let's be honest. <laughs> it was a late 1200s to early 1300s. Yeah. Do you think, I mean. So we don't know where she. Not trying to be a dick, but. No, no. I got it. Let's say, let's say man has evolved, evolved and even in 2018, I say that with a smile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, where Do we know where she landed? She presumably went to England. Okay. And changed her identity was and just was never heard from again. Okay. It could be they caught her and they and they sacrificed her, but you but the, the, the glee in which people kill witches, you think we would have heard about it. Let's talk yeah. about this. Mother Shipton. Okay. Uh, Ursula Southhale, better known as Mother Shipton, was a feared and highly regarded English prophetess of the sixteenth century. She was born to a mother who was also suspected to be a witch. Mother Shifton was described as hideously ugly and disfigured, so much so that the locals called her Hagface and believed her father to be the devil. Oh, that's, that's right. So her mother, mean. the witch, apparently did it with the devil and had this daughter, Ursula Southhill, um, so otherwise mean. known as Mother Shifton. Uh, despite her unfortunate appearance, she was said to have been England's greatest clairvoyant and was often compared to Nostradamus. Okay. According to legend, she predicted the Spanish Armada, the Great Plague of London, the Great Fire of London, the execution of Mary Queen of Scots, and some even speculate, this is stupid, I'm sorry I even wrote it down, the internet. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the internet, Al Gore and Mother Shipton. (laughs) She did it. Oh, man. This is the quote that that people uh, base her invention of the internet or prophecy of the internet on quote around the world thoughts shall fly in the twinkling of an eye i mean i believe it she probably didn't like think of like 
dot com or anything. Yeah. But. I. Yeah. Okay. All right. Got some more for you. Okay. Let's talk about um. Uh, Agnes Sampson. Uh huh. She was a Scottish midwife and healer. Um. Now, so King James the Sixth of Scotland married Anne of Denmark, um, who, along with her court, have been fearful of dark magic. Okay. During their reign, uh, 70 people were accused of being witches um, in the time period of 1590 to 1592. And Agnes Sampson was one of them. Now, they thought, for some fucking reason, that she had brought... I, that she had somehow conjured a storm that, um, she's a rain dancer. Yeah. Conjured a storm that, uh, created basically at that, at that point was like the biggest naval, um, uh, accident in Scottish history. Um, lots of boats and, and lives yeah. lost, but okay. I don't, I don't know why Agnes would have, you know, she was a midwife. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why she right. had that power, but whatever. Um, well, she's trying to hide the, her power. Right, by and merely by, merely happy, helping women have children. Right. Yeah, she's safely. afraid of her power, and then maybe one night she got a little drunk and just let her power out. Conjured a storm. Yeah. That took away the... Uh, the uh, Spanish Armada? No. That's no. Not, yeah. that's a, that was the um, other lady. So, Agnes denied all the charges against her. Um, they had, for some reason, they said that she, uh, uh, was a part of a witch's coven, uh, and then that she helped create that infamous storm. Um, um, they tortured her so much, um, that it finally broke her spirit. Um, sleep deprived and exhausted by being bound in a witch's bridle. Can I tell you something? Do you know what a witch's bridle is? This is awful. Is an instrument that is inserted into your mouth. There are four prongs that go into your mouth, and then they attach your face to a wall. It's 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 just awful. I mean, what on earth? This is actually having been tortured so extensively that, that this was her final straw. Like like they kept her awake, 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 and then they oh. put her in this witch's bridle. So she confessed to being allies with Satan, and she confessed to conjuring the storm to conspire against the king, which is so absurd. It's even absurd reading it. So you guys, she was strangled and burned to death. Great. Yeah. Thank you, Agnes. Let's talk about, uh, Merga Bien. Okay. Merga Bien was a well-to-do German heiress in the 1600s. A Catholic reformer, Prince Ab, Al sorry, a Catholic reformer, Prince Abbot Balthazar von Dernbach, ordered a massive witch hunt in the area between 1602 and 1605 to purge all liberal ungodly activities. Of the over 200 people who were accused um, and executed for being witches, Murga was considered to be the most famous. The circumstances okay. that led to her death were ill-timed. She had just returned to the city after arguing with one of her husband's employers, and she found out that she was pregnant. Yeah, what made that weird to people is that she had been married to this guy for 14 years and they had never conceived. Uh-oh. Naturally, the townspeople believed that the only way she could have gotten pregnant was through having sex with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> no other possibilities. <laughs> oh, um, man. Along with that lascivious supernatural act, Murga was forced to admit to having killed her husband and... Um, 
she confessed that she killed her husband, um, and that she, uh, oh, and that she killed one of her, um, one of her husband's employers. I don't know. Okay. And she attended a Black Sabbath. Basically, they were just throwing a lot of shit at her, and she was being tortured, and she was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I did. I, I did, did it. I did it. The amount of things that you see that these people confess to. I mean, you would, too. If someone puts, like, if someone put a witch bridle in your mouth. Right. Ugh. She was born at the stake in the fall of 1603. Let's talk about Malin Mustadder. She's a Swedish witch. Yes. Um, she was accused by her own daughters of being a witch. Ugh. Um, because she put, gave them a curfew, right? Maybe. Yeah. Her, her daughters said that, um, Malin Mastodder, uh, abducted them and took them to a satanic Sabbath. Um, Malin, along with, uh, Anna Sim's daughter, Hawk, uh, were the last victims executed for being witches during the great Swedish witch hunt of 1668 through 1676, often referred to as the great noise. Okay. What makes Malin Mostadar unique, though, is she's considered to be the only witch in Swedish history to have been burned alive. Now, normally, witches in Sweden were decapitated or hanged mm-hmm. before they were burned because it was um, nicer. <laughs> I I, these people, like, you know, the, the morality of all these Christians, they're like, I know, we'll be nice before we burn this witch. Um, but it appears that Malin never uh, admitted her guilt. They tortured her and tortured her and tortured her. Good. And she never said that she was a witch. She refused. Um, and so they were like, cool. Well, we'll just set you on fire. And she was like, cool. Listen to this. As the flames covered if her... You, if you must. Yeah. As the flames covered her body, she reportedly did not scream, nor did she oh. appear to be in pain. And for the locals, this was further proof. That she was a witch. Thank you, Mullen Moss daughter, for coming before us. We appreciate you. We just have a few more to go. Isabel Gowdy. Isabel Gowdy was a young housewife living in uh, Highland, Scotland. Ancestor ancestor of Trey Gowdy. Uh, I don't know who that is. Trey Gowdy no. is a former uh, former Texas prosecutor. He's all over the forensic files, oh. and now he is a uh, congressperson. Oh. This is G-O-W-D-I-E. Nope. Unless it was changed at Ellis Isle, which it could have been. Could have been. He's, well, a lot of people don't care for him. Got it. Well, Isabel is crazy notable in this scenario because she was the only, (laughs) she was the only person in this time period in Scotland who can, who, who like legitimately turned herself in and she confessed that she was a witch. (laughs) This is true. She confessed about her coven's activities, and she also confessed about her own ability to transform into animals. She claimed that she uh, was entertained by the Queen of the Fairies, and she had a secret magic home under the hills. She was tried and executed for witchcraft in 1662. Um, When people study her case now, they speculate that uh, Gowdy probably uh, was in psychosis and... Uh, thought all of this was real. Right. Which is why she turned herself in. She was like, look at me. I'm a bat now. Yeah. And I'm a wolf. And, <laughs> and people were like, like um, <laughs> Isabel, you kind of look the same. She's like, no, I'm a wolf. Now no. I'm a snake. Poof. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm entertaining the queen of the fairies in my secret home under the hills. And they're like, no, dude, you're at home. Oh, Isabel. Yeah. Poor girl. Um, let's talk about uh, um, Catherine Monvoisin. Okay. A.K.A. La Voisin. Mm-hmm. She's French. She lived in France in the mid-1600s. She practiced medicine, uh, midwifery. She also practiced abortion. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Yeah, well, we already know this isn't going to go well. But anyway, um, La Voisin uh, mixed potions. Um, she also made poisons for people um, with abusive husbands. She told fortunes. She allegedly arranged black masses where clients could confer with the devil. Mm-hmm. She, her most famous client was uh, Madame de Mont, uh, Mont, sorry, Madame de Montespan. I think I might have said that weird. Madame de Montespan. Okay. I don't know. This was the king's mistress. This was King Louis the Fourteenth. Uh, uh, okay. She approached uh, La Voisin and asked her to poison uh, the king. And so um, she did. What? As his mistress, what? do you gain from poisoning the king? Like, he's not going to leave you anything. I don't know. He might have had illegitimate children with her. Probably did because she might have actually met uh, La Vestian for 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 an abortion abortion or something like that or some sort of thing. I I, I think in this case it was just sheer pissed off idness. Got it. Okay. So I don't think it was... Just revenge. Revenge! Usually murder for... For gain or revenge, and I think in this case it was yeah. revenge. Yeah, okay. Cool. Not cool, but got yeah. it. Yeah. Anyway, um, in the late 1670s, fear of poisoning and witchcraft reached a fever pitch in the streets of France, and many successful fortune tellers and poisoners, including La Vassin, were arrested. She was burned publicly after being convicted of witchcraft in 1680. Ladies and gentlemen, we're almost finished, but we have to, before we go, talk about some famous uh, Americans. Yes, we do. Mal Dyer. Okay. You know who that is. Uh, I don't. I don't. Blair Witch. Oh. Yeah. She was a resident of uh, Leonardtown, Maryland, um, and she has been the inspiration behind many local tales and even major movies, Blair Witch. Mm-hmm. Um, Dyer lived in uh, Maryland in the late 1600s. A group of her townspeople accused her of, uh, accused her of witchcraft um, and chased her out of her home. A group of men chased her out on a winter night. Her body was found days later, and she was frozen to a large stone. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Stories about her malevolent spirit haunting the land around her wooded cabin um, say that she terrorizes anyone who comes near, um, and she treats anyone who comes near um, as if they were the people who wronged her. So she, according to legend... You could be really nice and go to the stone or go to her home and mm-hmm. she doesn't recognize you from anything. She will just, her malevolent spirit will just attack. Yeah. Rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, that's I mean, really, really shitty. Yeah. A large group of men took her out in the middle of winter, tied her to a stone and left Did that her really, there. that's a true story? That's a true story. Ugh. Her name is Maul Dyer. That's now, um, again, if you see something like the Blair Witch or you see some other things inspired by her, it, they, they're not telling her little, her literal story. But they're inspired by yeah, 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 yeah. by that. Also, I've seen the latest Blair Witch movie. How'd it go? It it's not it's 
It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. It's not a, the first one's so good. Yeah. And so terrifying. Um, and this one, eh. Yeah. It's fine. That's what happens when you move on down the chain. What is it, Blair Witch 18? No, well, this is like, yeah, this is like the third one. Okay. Um, I just know like any time horror movie is like. Well, they have production value now. That's the problem is they have money where the first one is like black and white. Yeah. It's like a documentary and they clearly didn't have a lot of money and, um, it's just, yeah, it's, it's so spooky. Sometimes people, yeah. Sometimes people do better when they show less. Agreed. Um, it's my mantra. (laughs) You guys, I would be remiss if I did not talk about my personal hero. You probably know who I'm talking about. Bridge Bish. Bridge Bish. So, for you who are uh, unacquainted, Bridget Bishop was the uh, first witch executed in the Salem Witch Trials of 1692. So, even though I did a whole episode on the Salem Witch Trials, I just thought I would talk about Bridge Bish. Yeah, Because she's a fucking badass, and she belongs in this witch episode. She really does. Um, she was wronged. Wronged! She really was. So are a lot of people. Uh, in total, over 150 men and women were implicated during the uh, period of the Salem Witch Trials, but Bridget was the first to die. In 1692, Bishop was accused of bewitching five young women, Abigail Williams, Anne Putnam Jr., Mercy Lewis, Mary Walcott, and Elizabeth Hubbard. Several people testified against Bishop, stating that uh, the shape of Bishop would come to them, pinch them, choke them, or bite them. During the trial, anytime Bishop would look upon one of those supposed to be tortured by her, they would immediately be struck down and only her touch would revive them. (laughs) During her sentencing, a jury of women found a third nipple upon Bishop, (laughs) which was then considered a sure sign of witchcraft. Yet, upon a second examination, examination, the nipple was not found. It was a she, reason that was stuck to her. She made it disappear. Oh. <laughs> I don't know. Or that that definitely is more plausible. <sighs> On June 10th, Bridget Bishop was hung at the gallows in Salem. So that's all I have about Bridget Bishop. Um, she's a cool lady, though. Um, and one of the things that we talked about in the Salem witch trial episode is that um, a lot of this was about land grabs. Um, she was uh, a, a successful lady. She was an intimidating lady. Mm-hmm. Um would not confess to being a witch. Right. She, her, her murder, let's just call it, I guess, state execution was so disturbing to the judge. I don't, I'm just off the cuffing here. I don't have this in my notes, but we talked about it in the episode before. You're right. Was so disturbing to the judge that was on that case. Uh, he quit. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the executions were overseen by uh, a different judge. Remind me how she was murdered again. Do you remember? Gallows. Gallows. She was hung. Yeah. Yeah. Bridget. Hi, Bridge. Um, Her ghost is seen um, in many, many places in um, Salem, Massachusetts. So if you're ever in Salem, Massachusetts, look out for the ghost of Bridget Bishop. Be nice. She had a tough death. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And last but not least, I'm not going to talk about her extensively either, but I can't do a witch episode and not talk about my homie from New Orleans. Who do you think it is? Uh, Marie Laveau. Yeah, it is. It is. It's Marie Laveau. Um, Marie Laveau lived in New Orleans from, uh, 1794 to 1881. Um, she combined, uh, uh, she basically, um, 
mixed Catholic and African spiritual traditions together. And she created what uh, many of us call voodoo. Her uh, version is New Orleans voodoo. There's several different kinds of voodoo out there, but um, Marie Laveau is a New Orleans voodoo lady. Yes. Um, she was a very successful woman. Um, and um, she uh, had rich, 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 clients um and uh she assembled those through a network uh uh working as a hairdresser and also as a brothel madam so she was able to get the secrets of the rich in new orleans uh the rich white ladies and she was able to uh make quite a career for herself as the voodoo queen of new orleans an incredible success story yes very much so um yeah so that, my dear, is about witches. Any questions? I know I whipped through a lot of stuff. <laughs> I have a lot of questions, but unfortunately we're out of time. We are out of time. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, um, before we end this program, I ask you to um, I ask you not to kill witches. Um, and also just remember, too, I mean, uh, we, we talked about numbers that were, were very insane. 80,000. Yeah, people were murdered. Um, so let's let's get it together and uh, realize that um, uh, that which you are afraid of is not something that it, that in many cases exists, and you're hurting people. Let's let's start like this. Rather than making an assumption from somebody of someone, why don't you just say hello <laughs> and have a conversation? Sure. It happened to me last night. I We were uh, out, and this guy started talking to me, and I had made an assumption of who he was, and uh, I was very wrong, and we had a very nice conversation about music and found out that we had a lot of similarities, and uh, I stood corrected about him. Thought he was on the make. I thought he was a square, and... Oh, I thought he was on the make. Oh, no, no, no. When he you went to the bathroom, I totally ignored him, because I was like, man... Oh, no, he right away, I think he was just lonely. He right away was like, my girlfriend, girlfriend's at a concert tonight. Oh. Um, like, he made that very clear. Well, not to me, he didn't. <laughs> no, no, no. We just started <laughs> chatting about... you liked him better than I did. We started chatting up about music. No, I think he was just, like, out having a beer because he was, like, lonely. Uh, and see. just needed to get out. Well, I should have been nicer to him, though. Yeah. Sorry, dude. <laughs> Sorry, guy. <laughs> I'll never see you again. So, hey, at least... At least I didn't put a witch bridle in your mouth. Seriously. So <laughs> don't judge a book by its cover. Start a conversation. Get to know your fellow person. Yeah. That's all. That's my PSA for today. Yeah. Well, guys, thank you so much for listening about witches, which has happened to be a passion of mine. Um, I love the topic, and I love mm -hmm. the idea. And I, if I could, I would engage in practical magic right now. Still haven't seen that movie, though. I haven't seen that movie now. Ugh. Kills me. But there's a difference between... That's why I always say practical magic versus, like... I know. Okay. Well, whatever. I can. Um, Noah, what are you drinking? Uh, I am drinking a Flama Dior Cava. It's a sparkling rosé. Rosé all day, bitch. Rosé all day. What? <laughs> and then I am uh, drinking a tuna, uh, which is an extra pale ale from Half Acre Beer Company. A really nice place to go. Uh, on Tuesdays, they barbecue. They... Girl outside. <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all the time we have for tonight. Um, so we want to say thank you. And uh, Noelle has one last terrible thing to say to you. Sweet dreams.